It was a rather fascinating occasion on the farm, even though it would seem like it should be mundane. Every once in a while, my dad would venture out a short distance into the field, and he would simply call out. Then he would wait for two minutes, and then he would call out again. And perhaps he would wait a couple more minutes, and he would call out a third time, and then he would simply wait. And it was usually only a couple of minutes later that you would start to hear this response, a sort of bellowing in the distance. And eventually you would see the cattle appearing on the horizon, all coming to see where my dad was. It was truly a sight to behold because the thing was that they would only respond to his voice. That my brothers and I, even though we might have sounded similar to ourselves, the cattle knew the difference. But nonetheless, whenever Dad went out there and he called, they responded. They came right away and were in search of where he was calling from. You know, oftentimes we probably wish that we could hear the Lord's voice in the same way. That it would be just that easy to respond to the Lord. That if he just called out to us in all clarity, we were able to respond with such dominance and with such conviction. But oftentimes it's not that way. Because much like in the way that I'm speaking to you now, the Lord is often so quiet, it seems that he doesn't respond or his voice is so difficult to hear. But why is that? What are we to hear from his voice and what are we to do right now? Where is that voice leading us? Perhaps that's a good thing for us to meditate and to ponder upon today. We start off this morning with a reading from the Acts of the Apostles, and we've been very familiar with this theme for the last few weeks, that Peter is getting up and speaking on behalf of the Apostles, and he's exhorting those that are listening. What is his message of exhortation today? It's a message of recognition, the fact that Jesus Christ was the one who God called Lord and Christ, and that he was the same one that the people had put to death. And this is a message with a point, and we can tell that it cuts to the core, because the people are listening, they hear these words, and we're told by the author of the Acts of the Apostles that they're cut to the heart, that they respond, that they're convicted, that they hear what they've done and how they've let the Lord slip from their grasp, and so they're all of a sudden filled with sorrow. And they ask, what are we to do, my brothers? And Peter has a very simple response. Repent and be baptized. Seek forgiveness for your sins. He's very clear about the call that is here. He's also aware of the fact that this call it persists even though they might have done wrong before. That he wants them to know that the call is still here. It's still valid and available. And he tells them that this call is for them. This call is for their children. This call is even for those who seem far off. But nonetheless, it's a call that is there to be responded to. So the people hear this, and they hear these words of conviction, and what is their response? They accept it. They're moved. They all come forward for baptism, and we're told that 3,000 approach for baptism that day. Could you imagine that today? That that must have been a sight to see 3,000 people instantly convicted of the call of the Lord in their life, so much so that they all repented of their sin, and they pursued baptism because they wanted that relationship with God. That truly, this is a moment that is beautiful to behold. We move on and we hear in St. Peter and his first letter, and he continues on and he gives a different sort of cast on a similar theme, reminding us of the risen Christ, that he has risen from the dead, but what that ultimately means. 
And so he says, if you are patient in suffering for doing good, this is the grace of God. And it's not just an abstract grace. It's not something that's altogether removed from our own existence, but it's one that's very particular. Because, in fact, this isn't just us being us. It isn't us just doing whatever we please. But, in fact, it's us imitating Christ. And that's where, really where St. Peter is driving. Because he wants us to see that Jesus did not ever give insult for insult. Whenever he suffered, he didn't throw back and he didn't sort of go forward with those people. He didn't want to give them this idea that they, he was going to retaliate in any way. But rather, he wanted to give them this idea that he was going to be long-suffering, that he was going to endure for the greater good, that he wasn't going to leave his sheep astray. But in fact, he was going to give them an example to follow. And at the very end, it's this very same idea that he is the shepherd, that he is calling out to his people, that he's calling out to his sheep that had all gone astray, and yet all of a sudden they're listening, that they're hearing the word of the Lord in a renewed sense. And so the Lord is very, very convicting in this way, but he's also giving us that call that he is gone, he has risen from the dead, and now it's our turn to follow his example. Then finally we arrive at the gospel according to John. And this gospel gives us this very familiar analogy of the good shepherd, telling us what Jesus Christ is and what he seeks to be for each and every one of us. He tells that those that do not enter through the gate are thieves and robbers, that those that do not enter through him, he himself, or through God his Father, are ones that are largely seeking to scatter and destroy the flock. But he reminds them that he is the good shepherd. His voice, his sheep hear his voice, and they follow him. That they hear a stranger's voice, they largely ignore it. They go their own way because they recognize it's not authentic. It's not what the Lord is desiring to say. And yet they do follow the voice of the one who is speaking to them in the Good Shepherd. That is Jesus Christ himself. But then he continues that he is the gate, that those who wish to be saved shall enter through him. And what a great analogy this is because of the time of year we're celebrating. Because in Easter we celebrate the fact that our Lord blows open the gates of heaven yet again, the ones that were closed by Adam in that original sin. That he wants us to be able to enter into these green pastures. He wants us to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so he introduces himself as the gate. But notice this very last line, I came that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Indeed, it's powerful, because this good shepherd, he isn't here lording over his flock, he isn't over just exercising his power, but in fact, he wants his sheep to thrive and to flourish, so he's going to lead them with care. And indeed, this is a beautiful and powerful image. The good shepherd, he tends to each and every one of us as his sheep. But this is a, only a part of that relationship, the shepherd approaching his sheep. What about our response? What are we called to do as the sheep of this flock and the sheep within his church? Well, it all has to do with the voice of the shepherd. Because I dare say, my brothers and sisters, that oftentimes we might gloss over this fact that we are called, that we are to hear the voice of God, that we are to hear what it says to each and every one of us, and we are to respond. But indeed, that's our call today, because we hear about the Good Shepherd. We celebrate what a tremendous gift it is that we have such a Good Shepherd. 
But the fact is that it does us nothing, it does us no good, if we are not a sheep that are willing to follow his voice. But this leads through a series of things that we should consider. First, are we able to listen? Are we in a position where we're able to hear the voice of God? So often in this day and age, it's so easy to be consumed by the confusion, by the chaos, by all of the distractions that can really take our gaze and shift it away from God, or even cause us to not be able to hear his voice at all. Or what's more, the fears and anxieties of daily life, perhaps those have a grasp on our heart and our soul, and they clinch onto it so tightly that we just can't hear God's voice. What's more, maybe we're suffering from injustice in this world. Maybe we see the ways that evil thrives and good does not seem to flourish as much. That we see the ways that those who do evil are doing well for themselves. And we feel that we are not doing so well, even though we try to do the best we can. Much in the same way that St. Peter was speaking in his letter. So that starts to deafen us as well. Because we become so discouraged, so disappointed. We become angry. We become frustrated. We might even become resentful to the Good Shepherd because we're not quite as sure where he's going. So we kind of turn away and we don't listen. We don't hear his voice, his call. We don't respond. But that's really the first point. Because, my brothers and sisters, we should listen for the Good Shepherd. We should be listening and yearning for His voice. That We should be picking up sacred scripture on a routine basis, trying to see where the Good Shepherd is leading, especially in the moments when we feel like we're so lost, we're so afraid, or we're so confused, that those are the moments that we need the Shepherd's voice. Because the Shepherd's voice, it provides us with comfort, with reassurance, with this concern and this continued idea that He is in our midst no matter what happens. So we need to hear the voice. We need to be listening for it. But then the second thing that we should think about, what is the voice of the Lord saying to us? Because it's so easy to hear the Word of God, or maybe Scripture is spoken to us on Sunday, or maybe hear these good messages that good preachers or different Catholic speakers give to us, and we think about it in a general or collective way. But we don't think about what it says to us, where it convicts us, where it moves us, where it cuts to our heart and our soul, where the Lord wants to encounter us in a particular way. But that really is the second thing we should think about. Because the Lord is coming to each and every one of us in a particular way. He's got a message for you and for me, and they won't be the same message. But nonetheless, the Good Shepherd is calling out to you because he wants you to know of his care, his concern, and his undying love and affection for you. But nonetheless, his message is personalized to you. He sees where you are. He sees that part of the pasture, maybe even that place where you've drifted away, or maybe even that place where you're confused or you feel so much hurt or so much anguish. The Lord wants you to know that he knows you're there and that he wants to call you forward, especially in your own way. Truly, he has a message for each and every one of us. But then the final question and the quandary for each and every one of us, when we hear that voice and we hear that particular message that the Lord is giving to us, are we docile enough to respond? Because we live in a day and age where it is purported to be virtuous, to live on our own, to be independent, to truly seek to only rely upon the self. And yet we're not designed for that. We are not designed to be independent of the shepherd. We're not designed to live life as if we have it all together. Because so often we don't. And that's a reality. 
that we shouldn't be struggling through this on our own terms and in our own way and under our own power. But in fact, the Good Shepherd wants to lead us away from those things that cause us harm, that cause us to be fearful and anxious and angry and so burdened, that in fact, the Good Shepherd wants to lead us out of all of those things. But it requires something of us. It requires that docility. It requires us to be willing and open and humble enough to follow wherever the Good Shepherd is leading. Because notice, at the very end of this gospel, what does he say? I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Wherever you are right now, wherever your journey of faith has led you to, the Lord wants you to have more. He wants you to feel that comfort and that reassurance of being a part of the flock. He wants you to feel that familiarity of knowing the Good Shepherd on an individual basis. That He wants you to hear that message and to hear it clearly. He came this so that you might have life, and that you might have life more abundantly. But that requires us to follow. That requires us to be open to wherever the Lord is leading us. That requires that even in the midst of all the chaos, the confusion, all of the things that go on in our day-to-day -day life, in our day-to-day -day existence, even the disappointments and the things that cause us sorrow, that we need to be docile enough to continue to follow the Lord and to trust in Him, that He's going to lead us to a place of refreshment, of light, and of peace. Because if He is the gate, He's ultimately going to lead us to the gates of paradise. He wants us to be in that place where we can be saved, and we can receive that eternal comfort, that eternal inheritance, and that eternal reward. We have to be willing to follow the Good Shepherd wherever He goes. But really the point that I would leave you to pray with for this week is this. If the shepherd is speaking to each and every one of us, and the scriptures are very clear that he is, what is his message for you right here and right now? Is he encouraging you on? Is he telling you that even in the midst of sorrow that he is your comfort and your reassurance? Or is he giving you a message of conviction, telling you that you can continue to come into that deeper relationship with the Lord? that in fact the Good Shepherd speaks to all of us. He doesn't abandon his sheep, but in fact he speaks to each and every one of us because he wants us to know that deep, that intimate, and that abiding relationship that he wishes to have with each and every one of his sheep. Because my brothers and sisters, a Good Shepherd without a voice is no shepherd at all, but our shepherd is very clear, and he continually calls out to us day and night. It may not be the same way that my dad calls out to our cattle on the farm, but in fact, he does call out to our hearts and our souls, letting us know that we can continue to rely upon him and that we can trust in his providence, his care, and his undying love for each and every one of us. So my brothers and sisters, my prayer for each and every one of us this week is that we have that grace to hear that voice. Maybe it's something that's unfamiliar, or maybe it's something that we haven't listened to for a while. But nonetheless, that voice speaks out to us, and it speaks to us with greater conviction and greater clarity than ever before. My brothers and sisters, the Good Shepherd is calling out. Are we willing to respond and to see where he leads?